Girlfriends, episode number 16, How to Say No Nicely. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. How's it going? How are you? Thanks for showing up for another episode of Girlfriends. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm recording this on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Um, usually release these on Monday evening. So I try to get them done over the weekend. And this has been a crazy busy weekend. I just barely got home from Connecticut where I was visiting my sister and her kids, brought some of my kids with me. And I had the opportunity to speak at her women's group yesterday. And it was so nice. I got to meet some people from her parish, get to meet some of her friends that I hadn't met before and some of her friends that I knew from previous times. And it was a lovely group there, a lovely day. They had a ladies luncheon in the afternoon. And then I drove back today with, I had my three littlest with me and they got some good cousin time and they always love to do that and just got back barely in time for baseball. So I'm recording this at baseball. Yay. <laughs> I'm at uh, Rafe's, my 11 year old's baseball practice and I'm sitting outside and hopefully not embarrassing him too much by sitting here with a microphone. Actually, I'm kind of off in a corner. I don't think anybody even knows I'm here, but it's so beautiful out. I couldn't bear to do this work at home or to sit in the car. It's just a beautiful day. It's beautiful, sunny. Birds are singing. It's really spring here in New Hampshire and I hope it is wherever you are. I hope you're getting to enjoy some of nature's beauty this weekend. Uh, part of the beauty of nature here today, I think, is some sort of chainsaw or something running in the background. So hopefully you won't hear too much of that as I record here. Um, so, you know, I told you I was speaking on um, yesterday, and that was like the end of my speaking events for a little while now. So I'm kind of relieved to maybe be traveling a little less. I'll just travel for whatever I need to do for Catholic Digest for the next couple of months. But I am taking um, booking events for beginning in the fall, and I wanted to let you guys know that in case any of you are involved with a group or a parish or um, any kind of organization that might like to have me speak, you can go to daniellebean.com slash speaking, and you can get more information about that, Click on a link to contact me about that. And you can find out about what kind of talks I have available and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, if, if you're if you're interested in doing that, I'd love to meet you and I'd love to come and be a part of your event or your group in that way. But today we're talking about how to say no nicely. <laughs> um, we all need this, right? I mean, why why do we need this? We women are pleasers a lot of the time. And I find, I know I do this and I know I've seen it so many times with other women that I know and love, you say yes too much to too many things, too easily, too readily, don't set enough boundaries to protect yourself and your family. Now, I recently heard someone else talking on this topic and they were kind of saying, what is all this about learning to say no? Why do women need to say no? We need to be saying yes more. We need to be more open. And yes, I agree with that, that, you know, we're called to be generous with our time and our energy. But in my own experience, the times when I'm off balance with regard to saying yes to too many things, especially outside of my family, it's at the cost of my family that we need to make sure that we're being balanced. That's why I think we need to practice saying no, because 
for me anyway, it's a lot easier to say no to something with my kids, to say no to something with my husband, even to say no to something to like my mom or my dad or, you know, something inside of my family because we know them, we take them for granted, than it is to say no sometimes to somebody on the outside who's making a demand of your time and energy. And that's sad, you know? Um, I think it helps us to kind of assess maybe, you know, before we even talk about this, you can kind of assess where you are with this. Absolutely. Some of us need to be challenged in the other direction that we're, we're too focused on ourselves. We don't, we're not generous enough with our time. And maybe that's your case and you don't have to listen to the rest of this. You can fast forward. But I think the case with a lot of us, especially those of us who have kids that are involved in activities and schools and parishes, that the opposite is true. That we say yes too easily to things that compromise what, what we really want our priorities to be. And so it's important to be thoughtful about that, you know, kind of think about where you are with regard to that. Do you say yes to too many things? Do you feel pressured? Do you feel guilty if you say no? I mean, sometimes we will say no, and then we'll waste a lot of time and energy just feeling bad about it and feeling like we damaged that relationship in some way. And I I think that's ridiculous. I mean, I do it as much as anybody, but that doesn't make it any less ridiculous because the fact is we owe our time and energy to our families first to those people that God places in our care inside of our own homes. And even if that just means your husband or if you're a student, you know, I know some single people have written to me that listen to this podcast that, you know, maybe your studies are what you need to be focused on right now, that where you need to be setting boundaries is to protect that time and attention. So how do you do it nicely? Because I think that's the thing. That's the number one thing that, sure, I mean, if saying no were easy and we didn't, we weren't worried about people's feelings all the time and worried about our relationships, saying no would be super easy. Just say no and move on. But we all know it's not that easy. You worry about what people think about you. You worry about your relationship with people. You don't want people thinking you're a jerk or you're selfish or you're not doing your share and that kind of thing. So I think, you know, we need to talk about this. How how do you do it nicely? And I think one of the most revelatory things on this topic that I realized, I don't know, a few years back, and it was when somebody else used this tactic on me. I don't even remember who it was or what I was asking of this person, but the the first thing that I want to tell you is you don't owe anybody an explanation. I mean, outside of, you know, your marriage or your kids or whatever, you don't owe people an explanation for how you're spending your time. I found that too many times I was always saying, you know, if I did say no, I'd spend 20 minutes afterwards explaining why I had to say no. And um, what I experienced uh, a, a while ago was somebody saying to me, just no, and leaving it at that, but not in, a, and not in a bad way, just, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that. And I'm sitting there, there's that pregnant pause. I'm waiting for the explanation. No explanation came. And I realized they don't owe me explanation. They don't, they don't owe me that at all. They, they told me they're not able to do it. They weren't mean about it. They aren't being a jerk. I don't need to know why it's not going to work for them right now. And that was very um, eye-opening for me because I think that too often we feel like we do owe an explanation. That's where we spend all of our time and energy and guilt and whatever. But just kind of recognizing you don't owe somebody an explanation. for You know, if they're asking you for something, that's not offensive. And I think that one of the number one ways that we can make ourselves feel better when we do need to say no is to affirm that person in the goodness of what they're asking. A lot of times it's a volunteer thing. There's something really good going on um, at your kid's school or at your parish that they'd like you to participate in. So I think affirming and acknowledging that it's a good thing they're doing and telling them that you're so you're so glad they're doing it and you really value that project. And then comes the but. I'm not going to be able to commit to it right now. 
And I find that people really do understand when you say that, when you finally get brave enough to say that, that you're not going to be able to make a commitment. You know, you can phrase it however you feel comfortable phrasing it. But I think it's a good idea that if this is something you struggle with, have a few phrases that you're ready to use in those situations because people are going to ask you for things, you know. Um, maybe it's going to be somebody asking you if you can watch watch their child for them, um, you know, after school or whatever, something that's not not going to work for you. It's going to be too much time or, um, you know, too much of a commitment. You know, practice what you say in those situations if it's not going to work out. I think too often we say yes reflexively because we want to be nice. We want to be good. We want to be helpful and generous. And those are good motivations. But also we say yes reflexively because we don't have something else ready to say. And yes is the easy thing to say. And then we'll spend hours afterwards saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I committed to that. I didn't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And we resent the commitment and, you know, that reluctant yes. That's that's not a good thing. And it's not healthy for your friendships and your relationships with people if you're feeling abused or if you're feeling like you're pressured into saying yes. So have some phrases ready. Have things like, um, you know, if you want to buy some time. I know somebody who always, always, always says when they're asked for something, let me pray about that. And while I wouldn't say that to every request, because first of all, it probably wouldn't be true that I'm going to take every one of those decisions to prayer. Um, you can have another phrase like that. I mean, maybe you are going to pray about it. So you could say that, or maybe you're going to check with your husband about it and you can say that. Maybe just have the phrase ready. You know, thank you for asking me. I, I really love that you're doing that. And, or I really love spending time with your little daughter, Gracie. And I know my kids love playing with her, but let me check my schedule and get back to you. And you know what? That buys you time. Let me check with my husband and get back to you. Let me, you know, however you're comfortable asking for that little bit of time, you don't owe them a yes or a no in the moment. So if it's something you're not sure about, then do that. Buy yourself a little bit of time. You can say, let me check my schedule. Let me check with my husband, get back to you. And that way you've bought yourself time to think about it. And then when you go back to the person, they, they already are not expecting a commitment and it'll be a little more comfortable telling them, you know what? I checked and it's just not going to work out for me right now. But then make sure you do get back to people because it's not fair to leave people hanging either. And um, so, you know, if you're comfortable in the moment, you can say, I'm not going to be able to commit to that right now. Uh, but what about if it's work? I've heard this question from people before that, you know, in their job, they feel like too much is being asked of them or they're not able to prioritize their duties properly because extra things are being asked of them. So I think with regard to work, you need to be honest with the people who are your supervisors. You know, if you can go to your boss or your manager and say, here's what I think my priorities should be and how I should be focusing on spending my time and write it out. And then say, here are other things that are being asked of me. And then kind of ask your boss, your supervisor, your manager to help you prioritize your time. And that way you can feel like when other people are asking you for things, you've already gotten the okay from your supervisor or your manager or whoever it is to prioritize your time in a certain way. And you'll feel much more comfortable telling that coworker who's asking something extra of you that, you know, it's not your decision that my 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 jobs are prioritized this way and I just won't have time for that right now. So that's one way that you can just be nice about it. And I think part of it is just getting over that idea that ever turning someone down is a bad thing and makes you a bad person. I think too many of us have that kind of block in our minds where if I say no, I'm a bad person. If I'm not accommodating to everybody, you know, this is something my husband, Dan, he just dies because he can't stand how I am this way, that I'm always looking to accommodate people. But 
especially when you're talking about your time management, whether it's between your work and your family or it's between volunteer activities in your family or other kinds of friend commitments in your family. Think about what you're actually doing, what you're deciding, because a positive way of looking at it is when you say no to something, what you're really doing is saying yes to something else that you're considering more important. You know, I recently heard somebody say, think about um, how you spend your time, you know, day to day right now and the kinds of things you, you commit to and say yes to. And think about how those would look different if you knew you only had two weeks to live. Or if you knew that some close family member of yours, somebody you love and care about a lot, only had two weeks left to live, that you only had two more weeks with that person, how would your priorities shift? And wouldn't you feel very okay during those two weeks telling people, I absolutely can't do that right now. This is my priority. Well, I mean, of course, don't live your life that dramatically, like everybody's about to die all the time. But recognize what that means, that your your priorities would shift well, these are supposed to be the most important people in the world to you, your family, the people that you're, you're supposed to put first and you're supposed to be most committed to. So you don't have to make decisions like they're dying all the time, but keep that in mind that they're meant to be a priority. I think too often we take the people closest to us for granted. I know I'm guilty of this, especially inside of my marriage, that, you know, the two shall become one. Yeah. I mean, I take that to the point where I make sacrifices on Dan's behalf without asking him of his time and his, you know, his attention and the time that usually I would spend with him just because I feel like, oh yeah, we're doing this together. You know, this is, this is something we're both committing to making this sacrifice when I haven't even talked to him about it, that that's not fair and that's not reasonable. And so, you know, you don't have to feel like you need to apologize for making your own home, your own family, your own work sometimes a priority. But just be be honest with yourself about what those are. And it can be helpful to, to do an exercise like that. Like, how would I spend two weeks if it was my last two weeks? So you're not going to necessarily be going skydiving and all the things in that song. But the the fact is, you know, think about what your your priorities are. And that kind of really brings it into sharp focus, like what you're actually spending your time on and what you're sacrificing for something much, much less important. And the people, especially um, in my experience, the people who ask things of you, you know, they're the organizers and, 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 you know, the volunteers of different things or different parents and or people related to the school that are going to ask you for things you're not ultimately going to be hurting a valuable relationship there, even if they're a good friend of yours, if you say no to things, because they're in that mode of asking people for volunteers or, you know, asking people for their time. And they're going to move right on to the next person if you tell them you're not able to do it. So, you know, keep that in mind, too, that sometimes we're more more focused on ourselves than other people are, that, you know, you're just one in a list of people that they're asking for something. And if you say no, it's not going to destroy their lives and they're going to get over it pretty quick and go find somebody else who is able to commit to that at that time. So, oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm a little distracted because I didn't realize that I'm sitting here. I'm actually pretty close to a porta potty and this one this one lady um just walked up to use the porta potty here at the ballpark and um she was uh pretty surprised to see me sitting here recording a podcast right next to the porta potty so um yeah maybe to make her comfortable i'm going to move to a different spot hang on okay <laughs> that's a little better i moved over honestly the things i do for you people 
sitting by porta potties, you know, embarrassing myself and my son. <laughs> anyway, um, that was a good break anyway, because that's as much as time as I want to spend on that topic. Um, if you have more to share about how you have learned to say no, your struggles in this regard, how to say no nicely, the ways in which you've grown and changed and how you decide what your priorities are and how you're going to spend your time and energy every day, let me know. Um, leave me some voice feedback. Um, at daniellebean.com. You can click that tab that's leave voice feedback, voicemail on the, the right right side there, or email me at danielle at daniellebean.com or um, connect with me on Facebook, facebook.com slash daniellebean. I'd love to hear about how you say no nicely. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. So this week I'm sharing a great conversation that I had with Margaret Burns recently. If you don't know Margaret, you can check her out at Minnesota Mom, minnesota-mom.com. I'll put that link in the show notes. You're going to really love this interview because first of all, Margaret and I go way back. She's hilarious and fun and I feel like I've known her forever and she's just She's so surprisingly open and vulnerable sometimes in what she shares online. And this interview is no different. So I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Take a listen. Hey, everyone. I am happy to be welcoming a very special guest and dear friend here at Girlfriends today. Joining me is Margaret Burns. Margaret loves coffee, photography, her kids, and her husband, though not in that order, of course. She is the founder of Minnesota Mom. That's minnesota-mom.com, which is an amazing blog where she blogs about sex, spilt milk, and the joys of depression. (laughs) That's an interesting take on it, along with anything and everything in between. Hey, Margaret, Minnesota Mom. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so glad you're here. You know what? I am thrilled to be here. I am thrilled too. I've been hoping you'd have me on. (laughs) Of course. It's everyone's life goal, right? To get on the Girlfriends podcast. I think so. It was mine. Well, it's one of my goals in the Girlfriends podcast to get someone on with a Minnesota accent. So check that one off. (laughs) I'll try to say, I'll try to say, you know, a lot. Yeah, you know, I I don't actually think I have to do anything. It's just there. It's just there. Yeah. It's there and it's charming and we love having it here on Girlfriends. And I'm always talking about the different voices we like to have on Girlfriends. And that includes accents too, people from all corners of the world. So I'm thrilled that you're here. Now, you and I go back a long ways, like back Mm. to the early good old days of blogging. And you you were my first blog ever. Oh my gosh. I just love that. No pressure. No. And the fact that I'm not really blogging anymore, I don't feel guilty at all. Right. Oh gosh. Girlfriends, I can tell stories. Oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. Danielle being my favorite blogger. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And I've always enjoyed reading everything that you share. And especially, you know, mentioning in your bio about depression, that there's not a lot of people out there that share openly in the way that you do with struggles with that kind of um, mental challenge. So I, I really appreciate that openness that you have. It's a real gift to your readers. Well, I just think that what's the point of pretending that your life is perfect because... How is that going to help anyone who might be dealing with the same thing? Yeah. And I find that that's often like what the problem is with a lot of blogs and nowadays with Pinterest and whatever else you might be looking at, that there people put a happy, shiny face on everything, which I get. I like putting happy, shining faces on everything, but that, you know, it's discouraging to people sometimes if you don't share what's going on behind the scenes a little bit and some of those very real struggles. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I hope it's helpful. It is very helpful. So people want to want to check that out, Minnesota Mom. So it's minnesota-mom.com. You can find her blog and all of her other awesome stuff there, cute photos, and she's just all-around good girlfriend. So, Margaret, are you ready to answer some of these questions here? We ask the same questions of women on Girlfriends every week because I like seeing the ways in which we're the same, but I also like seeing the ways in which we're different. So I'm looking forward to your answers here. Um, the first one's easy, right? Tell us about a time when you felt like you triumphed. When did you first ever feel a sense of achievement or accomplishment? It could be about your work or your personal life. Well, you know, <clears throat> I don't know that I've ever felt like I've triumphed in anything. You still haven't triumphed? <laughs> Come I, on. I feel like I am better at some things than others. So, for example, mm-hmm. there have been a couple of you know, photos that I've taken that I'm pretty proud of. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, when I thought about this question, I'm, I'm pretty proud of my sex life. Nice. All right. Let's hear some more about that. And it's only, I'm going to keep this, you know, uh, PG. Yeah. I still need to be able to check off that clean rating in iTunes. So, you know. I just, 20 years it's taken me to get to a point where I feel like this is a really good and healthy part of our relationship. And I know you remember, I mean, four years ago, Mm -hmm. um, he was unemployed and it got rocky. It was just not a place we ever thought we'd find ourselves, And uh, it was hit and miss. And it came to the point where, I mean, we were pretty, we were on the brink of separating. Mm-hmm. And I had my, um, what do you call them? The Hail Mary pass where I literally, I said, okay, um, let's try this. Can we um, like, you know, come together every, every day for a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote about that just I was desperate because he didn't feel like I wanted to be with him. He didn't want to be with me. And he's kind of like, huh. <laughs> Interesting it, it, proposition. <laughs> being a guy, it you know, but it saved um, that intimacy, I think, is really the glue that holds a couple together. Mm-hmm. And I know you know because you sent me that book. <laughs> <laughs> Girlfriends, she sent yeah. me a book that uh, – I still have. Can you share the title? I forget the title. I don't even remember it. Has, okay. I'll it look it up. And interesting it. line drawings in it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, you, you got it. Um, that there is, I mean, there's the way to the man's heart through his stomach, but then there's the way to his heart through his heart and his wanting to be wanted. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that just, I'm really happy that I finally got it. And gosh, God has blessed us. Um, that's, Seven kids later. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Am I making sense? Yes, absolutely. And I love that you're sharing that because we don't talk about that enough. And I think it's such an important part of marriage and especially a Catholic marriage that recognizes the meaning of our bodies. And um, anyone who studied theology of the body, it's such beautiful theology that's behind behind sex and it's not just all about sex it's about um what we're made the ways in which we're made to connect and the ways in which we're meant to share intimacy the ways in which we express love to one another and it's a beautiful part of a marriage and it's something that i think you know you get busy you start having kids and this gets shoved to the side and i'm nodding right now right and you know it's like another feel your husband starts to feel relegated yes it's like oh okay fine you know i can fit you in for these five minutes here and then i'm going to check off that box and move on to my next task and that's really sad because it is such a life-giving thing to a marriage when you make a true gift of yourself in the way that you described really sacrificially saying you know what what we need this and that sex is such an, an amazing bonding 
experience? I mean, physically even, you know, just the, the hormones that are released is a real, it's a, it's a bonding and it's meant to be that. It's such a gift to marriage that God gives that to us to our, gives that to us in our marriages. It's meant to strengthen us and it's meant to strengthen that yeah. bond. And I, I know I've talked with friends before who, who end up resenting their husband's desire for them. And that's, one of the saddest things. I mean, I feel like I could do a whole show talking about Yeah, I think it's that. a temptation. It is because you just feel like, oh, he just wants this for him. But switch right. it in your head. Like what if he was saying, oh, she just wants me to tell her I love her for her, you know? Like, no, it's a real need. It's a way that you experience love and the feeling of being loved. And males experience that different from females. And I, I think that's such a beautiful testimony that you share um, Margaret. So people should look that up on your blog. Maybe I'll get the links to those specific posts and we can share them. In the yeah, show I've notes. got a couple um, specifically a series I did back when. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had the seven, the seven day stint. <laughs> and your I'm husband doesn't. Teased. I'm still teased. You have sex every day. And oh I'm my like, gosh. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is like a chronic condition. <laughs> and your husband doesn't mind you sharing openly about that sort of thing. I don't know. Oh, you never asked. No, don't, don't ask. Cause we need you to continue sharing. <laughs> Humility is a good and gracious thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would he mind? That's great news for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thanks so much. I mean, like I said, these responses are varied and you never know what you're going to get here at girlfriend. So, um, I think that's such an important topic. I'm glad you, you, you dared to speak about it. Gosh, maybe I shouldn't have had that second glass of wine. Oh my you know? gosh. <laughs> Guys, we are recording this early in the afternoon. I'm I, kidding. I don't know what they do in Minnesota. I, it's five <laughs> o'clock somewhere. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. Well, now we're going to move on to the even juicier topic of mistakes. And you yeah. share about your mistakes so openly. I'm sure there's a million that examples, you know, beautiful stories you've shared on your blog. But um, just pick one, maybe just to share with us about a mistake you once made and what did you learn from it? You know, I thought that since we... Went with the personal example, I go with professional um, this time because nice. I've started this freelance photography business and it's been tricky for me because I've had to really step outside of my comfort zone mm-hmm. um, in terms of you're working for people. Um, well, what happens if they have this big investment in their time and they don't like the pictures in the end? So I just I really tended to worry about that initially. Mm-hmm. And yet I've been pretty lucky so far in that. My clients have been pleased, really pleased. Um, but there was one time where I had screwed up the settings on my camera. And when I looked at the previews, I'm like, oh, no, because the mom um, that I was working with was also a photographer. Oh, boy. And you know what, though? She could not have been more gracious and understanding about it. And she sent me this. I just I was waiting to hear her response. And she was um, she she took the time to write me this long email and gave me some of the most helpful criticism I have ever had. Wow. And I'm like head over heels indebted to this, this mom and just in love with what she did because she didn't have to do that. And, you know, I, I just learned that first of all, it's okay to make mistakes. Um, Mm -hmm. Bottom line, if we had to retake them, okay. So we would have, and I told her that, but she didn't even want retakes, but um, I learned that it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Right. To screw up on something, but I was really afraid of that beforehand. For sure. Sometimes it just takes that experience of failure and, oh, the world actually did not end. Like, (laughs) and I I think sometimes that's a helpful exercise if you're feeling anxiety, you know, to reflect back on past mistakes and the fact that you survived them or to tell yourself, 
okay, what's the worst case scenario? Because sometimes we're feeling tremendous anxiety about failure, but we don't even let ourselves think it through. Like, what am I actually afraid of? Like, mm-hmm. what what's the worst thing that could happen here? And it's usually not something all that tragic. It's something you can recover from. So Right. And that's one of the things my husband said to me when I was fretting, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I want to do. He said, <laughs> you know, what is the worst thing? So you go and you tell her that you'll take, you know, retakes. Yeah. She was great. She was just amazing. Oh, that, that sounds like a wonderful person. I mean, what a great Hi, experience. Hi, Elisa. <laughs> there, I'll say it. Good job, Elisa. We're so we're so pleased that you, you shared that kindness with Margaret. I mean, and that's a beautiful example to all of us that, um, you know, there are times when it might be justified for you to be upset about something, but yeah, responding was. mercifully is a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. That's awesome. I like that you shared a professional one. Um, so I think a lot of women can relate to that too. Okay. We're going to, we have enough time to talk about what is the best advice you've ever received, Margaret, who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it in your life? Well, anything written by St. Teresa of Avila, of course, of course, not to be too lofty, but um, she's a go-to along with Father Jose Maria Escriva, mm-hmm. if you've read his books. But um, in terms of someone contemporary, I really like Don Miller. Uh, have you read no. his books? Uh, he wrote Blue Like Jazz, uh, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, and now he's got this book out called Scary Close. Okay. And his advice in it is Be Authentic. Oh, and it's all about his finally opening up to to a woman enough to to uh, have a relationship, and eventually they married, and it's a great great story. But it's this notion of um, everybody's got these insecurities and these hangups. So I just figure, you know what? I'm going to just lay it lay it all out there. <laughs> I think it's startling to some people. Uh huh. Um, I mean, you've 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 met me, and we've hung out, and. You've got that joy, too. I still remember you sitting there. So I just I have to kind of include this. We were in the front seat at that conference. Yes. And you were nursing the baby and you had this joy and just beauty. (laughs) And I'm like, I love it. You were just anyway. It's you. Oh, your influence. You make me cry thinking about baby Danny. That was little Daniel. uh, Yeah. And remember the. uh, the uh what do you call it the heisman is in my face <laughs> yes that's the best picture ever that way you hold out your hand like that your husband would know yeah no it's the heisman and man and okay, it's heisman. yeah he's blocking me he's like because i want the, nothing to do with it. yeah it is so funny so for for listeners who don't know um this was years ago gosh so danny is nine years old so he was a nursing mm-hmm. baby and i brought him with me because i was speaking at the homeschool conference in minnesota yep. which was a beautiful event i remember it was beautiful weather it was june it was just a lovely time and so many wonderful people there and um i wanted to get a photo of margaret with baby danny and uh she held him but he was having nothing to do with it and he was like pushing her face away and it's just like the most hilarious photo because there's margaret made it into a meme remember that yes i'm going to find it because motherhood and you're like what's up with that oh my gosh it's well it's such a hilarious photo because you're just sitting there smiling away like nothing like hey we're taking a photo and baby Danny is but, like, get out of my face, woman. Give me back my know, mama. Looks like, looks like the second half of like that drama, you know, the mask. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> funny. Perfectly. Uh, yeah. Frown. Oh my frown. gosh. Yeah. We're definitely putting that in, in the, in the show notes because people have to see that photo, but hilarious. Okay. See your real self to people and 
just meet them with love and honesty. And generally speaking, I find they open up. Yeah. They're taking it back and then they open up. Sometimes, you know, and I find that that's so true because, uh, you know, like we were talking about putting a shiny, happy face on things. Sometimes we're so in the habit of doing that in all of our, you know, exterior relationships that there's really nothing authentic going on there. You know, I know I've come away from groups where it was supposed to be women gathering together to share and felt like nobody let their guard down in that room. Mm -hmm. And what a, what a wasted opportunity because it's often my experience that people just want to say, oh my gosh, me too. Or I thought I was the only one who felt that way, which, you know, those are the number one comments that I've ever gotten about things I've blogged about or about, um, you know, years ago when I first was writing a family life column in the National Catholic Register, I was astonished at how many people just just were so relieved and were like, oh, my gosh, me too. And they were thrilled to hear about the dog vomiting oranges on the carpet because <laughs> they, they're just like, yes, I had a day just like that. And you just you need that kind of connection and you can't. That's why I love your writing. There you yeah. go. And that's why I think that, you know, the women writers that I really enjoy as well and the, the kinds of blogs and things like yours, Margaret, are so they're so helpful because people are letting their guard down a little bit. And that's when you can really make that connection. That's so important. Right. Life's too short to not Absolutely. be Absolutely. Yes. And it's too short to not fit in your lightning round. Oh. <laughs> are, you, are you nervous about your lightning round? I always try to make people nervous because. Here, let me just, let me pour another glass of wine. Yeah. Now. Okay. Yeah. Gu- <laughs> guzzle. <laughs> my coffee mug. Guzzle that wine from your coffee mug. Yeah. I'll be a little and then we'll have than I want to be, I think. A very memorable <laughs> lightning round with I'm Minnesota ready. mom. Okay, here we go. 60 seconds of some fun, fast questions. Just answer quick and we'll move on to the next. Okay, Minnesota mom, Margaret, what is your favorite mommy time snack treat? My favorite mommy time snack treat would be uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Ooh, love those. Or sunflower seeds. Okay. Okay, that's healthy. Don't eat that. (laughs) Mm. All right, coffee or tea? Coffee. I knew that. All right, Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. I already knew that too. Okay. Years from now, St. Minnesota Mom will be the patron saint of what? Coffee drinkers. <laughs> and I okay. said, bury me with a coffee mug. Yeah. That's right. Right in your hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. What college class would you most like to take today? <sighs> Creative writing. Yeah. That would be kind of fun. Okay. What was the last Netflix you binged on and was it thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, 10 thumbs up. Better call Saul. Nice. Okay. And then finally, describe your perfect date night real quick. Mm, I thought I already did. <laughs> <laughs> With the wine, Better Call Saul. Oh, a nice glass of red and some Better Call Saul. And some and Cool Ranch Doritos. The there Pause we go. the movie, lock the door. <laughs> nice. Love it. Okay. Well, you survived. Great job. Yes. I think we've really enjoyed getting to know a little bit more behind the scenes. We didn't know there was more to know about Minnesota Mom, but what a ton of fun yeah. having this conversation, Margaret. It's been way too long since we've had a conversation. Well, sweetie, anytime. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we have to say goodbye, maybe there's something you can share with people. What something? What's on the horizon in your life? What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? Well, we've got, for any uh, Minnesota listeners, we've got the homeschool conference coming up, and I'm a speaker there. Nice. Okay, what, well what are the dates of that? Anyone who wants photography done, that is my my new favorite thing, in addition to, um, you know, puppy training. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You've got the new puppy in the house. Taking and- pictures. And I just, the last session I had, one of the little boys 
mid photo, he said, if you weren't getting paid, would you still be doing this? And I looked at him and I said, you know what? I think I would. Aww. My husband, on the other hand, would have a different response to that. Yes. But, yes. So those are, you know, just getting out and meeting people. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so what are the dates of that conference? So anybody who's local can June, check it out. It's the, always the first weekend after Memorial Day. Okay. So whatever that is. And that's Minnesota a great big conference. Catholic Home Education Conference. Yeah. A wonderful feel to that whole Oh, and Sarah event. McKenzie's there. So it'll, it should be a really good. Nice. Great. Venue. Very nice. Well, thanks so much, Margaret, for taking the time here on Girlfriends. It's been a thrill to talk with you about these things that are really important topics. And I've appreciated the perspective you brought. But even more than that, I appreciate the way in which you share online and the openness that you have had with readers, even though... Sometimes they say hurtful things. Sometimes the comments aren't nice. That you keep on putting it out there. You keep coming back with that smiling face. Thanks for doing that. Keep on keeping on. Thank you, hon. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. How much do you love Margaret? She went there. She talked about sex. She brought it onto the Girlfriends podcast. I think it's so great. And I think the way that she blogs about that same topic is really very valuable, especially to those of us who feel like we're struggling in our marriages. I know I hear from a lot of you, a lot of you email me about what's going on in your marriage. And first of all, I'm grateful that you entrust that to me. I'm grateful that you reach out to me and I'm working on replying to emails. Um, so please don't hesitate to contact me. Um, I do do my best to reply to people, especially when they share so openly from, from their hearts about such an important topic. But what Margaret takes on, I think is so helpful to people because we don't talk about sex enough that in the, an open, honest, sharing girlfriend to girlfriend kind of way about um, the ways that she helped her marriage by focusing on that aspect and, and coming to understand her husband's perspective on that. I really think sex is a wonderful tool that God gives us to use in our marriages. And yet so many of us abuse it or we neglect it or we misunderstand it. We feel... Um, used by it sometimes or angry or resentful. And there's just so much emotion that is caught up in that intimate relationship that's meant to be a beautiful marriage building kind of relationship that you have with your spouse. So it really is a great loss. So if that's an area of your marriage where you're struggling, I really encourage you to check out Margaret's blog posts. They're going to be linked in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Okay, well, now it's time for a little bit of feedback um, before we move on in the podcast. And I got an email last week from listener Dina Christensen, who's my friend on Twitter. Hi, Dina. <laughs> Love you. You're so supportive of girlfriends. Um, so Dina sent this question in. She said, I have a topic that I'm struggling with and maybe others do as well. We have four young sons. My husband and I are having trouble finding the right balance between personal ownership and communal ownership of all the kids' toys and such. We tend to err heavily on the side of communal. Have you found a way to let each kid feel ownership sometimes, as in that's my toy, while still teaching how to share? We are stumped. Thanks for reading this. Can't wait for the next show. God bless, Dina. So thank you, Dina, for that question, first of all. Um, you don't mention how old your kids are, but you say four young sons. So I'm assuming it's a pretty young family that you've got. And this is something for sure that we have struggled with as well. I think it's a pretty common thing, especially once your your numbers of children get like two, three, four, and plus, it can be hard to figure that out. And sometimes the easiest thing to do is just say, everything is everybody's. But I find that 
if you allow them to have that ownership of certain toys, like um, something special that they were given for their birthday, something they saved their money in order to purchase themselves, something they got as a reward for something or a Christmas present, whatever it is that they very personally want to feel ownership of. I find that if you allow that, that allows for more of that concept of sharing and understanding what it means. Because if everything is everybody's, they're not really learning sharing. They're learning everything is everybody's and I have just as much a right to it as somebody else. But really, especially with young kids, you know, three, four, five, I think allowing them to have that ownership and to respect it, I mean, within reason, respect it with the understanding that they're going to share um, you know, let them call it theirs. Let them be the one who the other children need to ask in order to use it, but also kind of communicate to them that you expect them to be generous, that you expect them to be generous with what, what their toys are and allow others to use them. But I think it, it gives them that sense of ownership, that sense of responsibility for sure. Um, I found that sometimes if there's something, you know, that's a, an expensive toy or, um, you know, something that I really want the kids to be taking care of. If you call it everybody's, then nobody's responsible for it. And if you allow one child to have responsibility for it, first of all, they, they learn that responsibility through ownership and they learn to share by, you know, being the one who decides when others are allowed to use it. Of course, within reason. And sometimes I do, you know, veto that, you know what, there's no reason why he can't play with that right now. You're going to share with your brother. Um, but just allowing that gives them a sense of responsibility and they learn that responsibility and bonus for the parents, a kid is responsible for it. And if they mess up, there are consequences, you know, whether the, the toy is destroyed or, you know, they, they lose access to it for a while um, that, you know, or if it gets broken because they left it out or whatever it is. Um, I find that it's it's one of those things that you're going to constantly be balancing and tweaking throughout your family life that, it not everything can be everybody's all the time. I mean, that's socialism. We're Americans, right? So <laughs> I think I, I like to allow ownership within reason. And I find that it really, instead of hindering that sense of sharing and that learning of the concept of sharing, it really actually teaches them more about what it means. Because when they grow up, they are going to have things that they think are theirs. Of course, everything belongs to God, but they're going to have a home. They're going to have a car. They're going to have, you know, expensive things or books or other things that um, they will have the opportunity to share with other people. And you do want to teach them that concept of generosity, but balance it with responsibility as well. So let me know how that goes for you, Dina. Let me know if you have follow-up questions. Anybody else who has advice or how this has worked out in your own home or ways that you've dealt with it, let me know at Danielle at danielbean.com or even better leave me that voice feedback you know i love that and it makes my day so go to danielbean.com and click leave voice feedback on the right hand side i had a listener who did just that last week and here she is Hey, Danielle, this is Erica uh, from Orlando, Florida. I had the pleasure of meeting you at Together in Holiness when you came for our big event um, a few months ago. Um, I loved your talk. I, I have never seen or heard of, of a Catholic author. So I was blown away by, of course, all you uh, share with us and everybody else who was there. And ever since that time, I started following you. And um, of course, I'm a listener of your podcast, which I just love. I do not miss them. I am waiting. And I know that at 7 p.m. on Mondays, I'm going to have my podcast ready to listen. So I appreciate everything that you say, everything that you share, because you know what? It truly 
comes from your heart and from your own life experiences. And I can sense that. And that's why um, I can connect with you so well. So I want to thank you for everything that you do. Um, those ladies that you have on your show are great. I am following them too. I am buying some of their books already. I actually am uh, finishing up Sister um, Faustina's um uh, Divine Mercy book that you suggested, which I love. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you have opened my eyes to all these wonderful ladies who are fighting the good fight. Thanks, Danielle. Well, thank you, Erica, for taking the time to leave that feedback and let me know what you enjoy about the podcast and that you've been listening and that you've been following ever since we met in Orlando. So I love that. And what a great event that Together in Holiness conference was. I want to let listeners know, if you haven't heard of it, um, it's Together in Holiness is um, a, a marriage conference. It's put together for married couples in particular, and it's very much based on the teachings of John Paul II. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that because it's a conference that happens in multiple locations and they're growing. And what a great event it was. It's so nice. I mean, I usually do speak to moms for the most part, and I don't get that opportunity to talk to couples and how valuable that is. And what a wonderful event that was to have couples, Catholic couples coming together, talking about how to strengthen their marriage, talking about what's valuable and important in their family lives, talking about how to raise their kids and the very real challenges and struggles with that. I really was impressed with everything about that conference. And I loved all the people that I met in Orlando. And I wished I could have spent another day or two there in beautiful, sunny Florida. Um, but thank you, Erica, for for welcoming me and for, for that important feedback. And I love that you love who we have on Girlfriends and that you're checking out some of the authors that I've spoken to here. That's really what it's all about. I just love sharing all the good things that women are doing in the church today, that women are doing in their family lives to encourage and support one another in faithful living. And, you know, just recognizing the, the, the particular joys and challenges, the particular kinds of triumphs that we have and failures that we all experience in common is so valuable to me personally. And I'm very gratified to hear that somebody else values it as well. So thank you so much, Erica. God bless you. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. Of course, this is easy, right? We're talking about saying no. So your challenge is to say no. Okay, together. Done. All right. No. All right. We'll be a little more complicated with our challenge. Your challenge is to examine your commitments. And we did do this a few weeks back. So maybe it's a good time to re-examine your commitments. Um, not so much about your family life, which is what we were focused on, your family's commitments in, in that past episode, but your personal commitments, the things that you say yes to, and prioritize them. Decide what is the best use of your personal time Every bit of it, every day. You know, this is a topic that comes up again and again. How do we structure our schedules so they make sense? It's something that we perennially will struggle with, I think, as women, especially during busy times in our family lives, that we're always wondering if we've got the balance just right. Well, I'll tell you, the balance is always shifting, at least in my life it is. So it's important to reassess. Um, and so I'm going to challenge you to think about your comfort level with telling people no outside of your immediate family. I know we all are masters at saying no to our kids, but <laughs> I'm going to challenge you to think about your comfort level with saying no to things that pull you away from your kids, from your husband, from your home life, from your homemaking. And think about what that means and how you can improve upon it. If there are some ways you can make yourself more comfortable, come up with some pat phrases that you can have in your back pocket, come up with something that you always say when you're asked something like, let me check my schedule and get back to you or um, whatever it is. 
challenge yourself to assess your situation, how how comfortable you are in setting those kinds of boundaries, and come up with a reasonable plan for addressing it. And then let me know how it goes for you. Send me a note at danielle at daniellebean.com or leave me that voice feedback. I would love to hear from you. Now on to our shout out. This week's shout out is going to go to Carmen who wrote to me again about marriage. You guys, this is going to turn into a marriage podcast if we're not careful because it's just such a needed topic. It's so obvious that um, every time I talk about marriage, it seems to hit a nerve and people just really start sharing with me um, some of the struggles they're having inside of their own marriages and, and some of the ways that they're working to improve that. So Carmen is doing just that. She wrote, thank you, Danielle, for your recent marriage podcast. My husband and I are in a rough place right now. Because of the recent loss of a pregnancy, I find it hard to feel close to him, and he doesn't seem to understand my feelings. After I listened to your podcast, though, I felt moved to work on my own giving and understanding inside of my marriage. I spent some time in prayer and then really felt compelled to make more time for alone togetherness with my husband starting this very week. I feel that just making this commitment has already softened my heart, and I want to thank you for inspiring me to do it. So that's from Carmen. Carmen. That's so encouraging to me, the fact that you're making that positive effort, especially when you're still grieving the loss of your pregnancy, that it that's such a tough thing for you and that you're not feeling understood by your husband. And yet spending time in prayer, I find always does soften my heart toward my husband, that it's when we avoid prayer and harden our hearts that um, we, we work in the wrong direction. So I'm so proud of you for making that one small step spending that time in prayer and coming away from it, making a positive commitment for the good of your marriage in generosity towards your husband. So Carmen, this week's shout out is for you. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout out's for you, girlfriend. So what good things are going on with you and in what ways are you working to improve your relationships or in what ways are you implementing the things that we talk about here on Girlfriends in a positive way? Let me know and I can share it in a shout out on a future episode of Girlfriends. I love to encourage and affirm people by doing this, but I don't want you to be shy about sharing your accomplishments because it's ultimately very encouraging to other people to hear about the positive things other people are doing in their lives, the things that have worked for them, the even the very small steps that they're taking in the right direction. It's really encouraging and affirming for all of us to share those good things together. So don't hesitate to let me know or let me know about something good going on in one of your friends' lives, a sister or a friend of yours or someone at your parish or in your group that is doing something good and you think they deserve a shout out. Give them the girlfriend shout out. Write to me at danielle at daniellebean.com. I love to share their story and your successes on a future episode. So that's all we have time for this week. This week's show was brought to you by Rafe's Baseball Practice and the bench near the porta potty at the ballpark. So I'm glad you've been able to spend a little time here with me, porta potty or no porta potty. Um, and, you know, I just really appreciate the fact that you take time each week to listen to the episodes. Give me your feedback. It makes everything that I'm doing here meaningful. And it really encourages me to continue working on the podcast and sharing through the podcast. Let me know what you're enjoying, what kinds of topics you'd like me to take up. I would just love to hear from you because really, I want you to feel like this is your podcast, that you own it, that this is something that's produced just for you. So let me know what your needs are so that I can help to meet them and find other people who can 
help to meet them together because you know what? We're all in this together. Thanks so much for being here. Your presence means so much to me. I really do value it. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.